If you just really think creatively, there's little things you can do that are inexpensive or altogether free uh, that can differentiate the off-premise experience for your guests. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give Innovation. I am joined today by Matt Smith, who is the CMO of the Madeira Group, which is a team of artist engineers dedicated to realizing the evolution of hospitality. He is also, you ready for this? Take note, the CMO of Takaya Organica, which is a modern Mexican restaurant brand in LA. And he has come up so many times in conversations, both on this podcast, as well as in conversations with industry leaders that I reached out to him, super impressed by what he's done and uh, really glad, Matt, that you are able to join us on the podcast today. So thanks for coming, man. Thanks, I appreciate you having me, hell of an introduction. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you got quite a bio to give an introduction about. So first of all, um, now keep in mind with that bio, these are only things that you're doing right now. So you are CMO of both the Madeira Group and Takaya Organica. Talk to us about what are those two things and how do you do that? How do you, how are you the CMO of two companies? Yeah, so it's, it's really two brands. So the Madeira Group is kind of the overarching restaurant group. Um, and, and, and we have a few different brands under that umbrella. So we have Tokaya Organica, which is a, a fast casual chain based in LA uh, with 17 units. And then we have kind of more of an upscale concept called Toka Madeira, which currently has uh, two locations, one in West Hollywood, one in Scottsdale. And, Toka Madeira, uh, we describe it as high energy fine dining. Uh, I've been to like a Tao, you know, I, I think a safe way to describe it is like a Mexican version of Tao. So mm -hmm. live DJ, entertainment, really upscale food. Um, and then we have a couple of other brands that we license uh, to One Hotels, which is a, a hotel chain under SH Group. So we have Madeira at Treehouse London, uh, out in London, obviously. And then we're opening a, a second uh, concept called Casa Madeira, which will be at One Hotel Toronto. So uh, it's it's really fun because uh, I have an agency background, and so I like working on multiple brands. And and so uh, working at the Madeira Group allows me to kind of mix it up. Yeah, but I mean, regardless of the brands that you're that you're working with at the Madeira Group, you you have created some. Uh, some great looking brands. I mean, like they just, it looks good. The photography is beautiful. Everyone should go check out the, the Madeira group. Look at these brands, look through some of these restaurant concepts. Um, it's, it's phenomenal what you've done. And one of the questions that has come up in, in conversations a lot is this concept of, Hey, I am no longer a restaurant brand. I'm a food manufacturer. And so my brand doesn't really matter. What, what would you say to those people who are kind of like poo-pooing the, you know, the traditional brand and, and is that traditional brand dead? Yeah. So first off, I would say, uh, you know, I inherited great brands. I, I didn't necessarily, create them. although, you know, my agency- It's easy to, oh, it's easy to mess them up, man. Let's not give you too little credit. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we've made a few strides here and there uh, since I've been with the company, but uh, the agency I formerly worked at, Simmer Group, uh, Tokai was actually a client of ours. So, oh, you know, cool. that kind of design engineering and, and branding uh, happened while I was at the agency. Um, 
To answer your question, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer. The importance of a great brand really depends on your perspective. Um, if you, first of all, you can have the best brand in the world. If you don't have an amazing product, it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're not going to fool anyone with, with great branding. Uh, maybe you will once, but they're not going to keep coming back unless you have an amazing product. Um, and there's a great, there's a great book out there uh, called Purple Cow. And I, I reference the concept of Purple Cow all the time. Uh, you know, the, the best marketers in the world can't market a, a crappy product. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having a great brand is only relevant if your product can kind of back it up. Now, all of that being said, I think people are looking to identify with brands, you know, brands that essentially express uh, aspirational elements of who they want to be, how they see themselves, or in some cases, uh, you know, who they're not. And it allows them to kind of get a taste of, of another perspective. Um, and, and branding is incredibly important as well because, you know, people are craving experiences. Um, and so in, in our space, what we've really capitalized on is, you know, there's been a, a fast casual boom the last, you know, five to eight years, probably beyond that, that was kind of pioneered by Chipotle. Um, and in that process, people took, you know, fast food and they made it a little better but they lost a lot of the romanticism of hospitality. Yes. We try to merge the two, you know, so, so how do we create and provide food at the speed with which people are used to getting it from other fast casual competitors, but bring back some of the romanticism of hospitality. And uh, we do that by really focusing on brand and guest experience. Um, and so, you know, if you were to dine at a Tokaya and, and it wasn't COVID times and you were to sit at a table, uh, you would get your bowl and you would you would go for your fork and you would get a gold fork, right? And, and most fast casuals wouldn't give you a gold fork because they're expensive and they get stolen. But we have all of these little touch points, got the restaurant, really beautiful furniture, great artwork, uh, you know, a playlist curated by an in-house music director that transforms oh, wow. you. And, and really kind of makes you think that uh, you're eating at a really upscale restaurant, but you're paying like you're eating at a fast casual and you're getting your food uh, at a rate that is similar to if you were to go down the line at Chipotle, for instance. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I, I love that because as you were talking through the things that represent the brand, right, especially within the four walls, I, you know, back in my agency days in New York, uh, there was a, a phrase we always said, which was everything communicates. And you go into the bathroom, that better be true to your brand. You know, you, you go, you walk in the door, the smell better be true to your brand. The, the utensils, the things that, the things that you think don't matter, absolutely communicate. If you, you know, go in and you expect an upscale experience with nice art and you're given a flimsy picnic fork, right? It kind of, it, it ruins the congruity. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I, when I got to the Madeira group, a lot of things were going right, but but we really didn't have a way to summarize internally what it is we're pursuing, what it is we're doing. And, uh, you know, I'll tell a quick story. I went to the opening of, of Toka Madeira Scottsdale. And by the way, the, 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 the creative vision behind the brands is, is Tosh Berman, our founder. Um, and so I went to the opening of Toka Madeira Scottsdale, which again is our upscale concept. And uh, as I'm kind of, you know, coming into the door and, and looking at the final product of this gorgeous, beautiful restaurant, um, I go to pull open the door and the door stopper gets caught. 
And so I kneel down to pull up the door stopper and I see a skull, you know, like a, like a, uh, 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 like a Mexican skull on the door stopper, right? And it's this little tiny thing that like no one would really notice, but if you notice it, your reaction is these guys are not joking around about how they're communicating their brand. And right after that, I went up to Tosh, our founder, and I said, you know, I figured it out. Our North Star for the company is going to be ELD, every last detail. And we need to put it in our corporate office. We need to preach it to our teams. When you scrutinize every last detail, every last detail becomes a representation of how you communicate, right? And so something as small as you referenced it, a bathroom sign asking people to wash their hands in the middle of a pandemic. We could say, hi, please wash your hands. You know, it's, it's, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Or we can say it in a way that, you know, really kind of calls to mind some of the elements of our brand. And so I, I think, you know, not every guest notices it, but those that do, uh, it has a very deep impact on. I, I still remember, I talked to a gentleman who had a little sign in his desk that said, yes, we clean here too. And it was a little piece of paper. And I said, um, he was an older guy. This was, you know, very last couple of years of his career. And he talked about how almost 20 years earlier, he stayed at a Marriott hotel and he dropped something on the floor. He knelt down to pick it up and looked under the bed. And there was that little, that little sign. It said, yes, we clean here too. He called the front desk, asked if he could take it. And they said, yes. And he has it on his desk because you're right. Those little, those little details, um, not everyone's going to notice, but the fact that he had it on his desk made such an impact to him that, you know, when he thought Marriott, he thought cleanliness. 100%. Um, I, and I think, I think that's great. And what would you say to people who, uh, people who are stressed out about that, Matt, you know, it's like every last detail. It's like, well, look, Matt, I've got 20 locations. I'm just trying to like, keep food coming out. What do you mean every last detail? Uh, what would you say to those people that think that it's, it's like, so it, it's too big for them? You know, uh, I think it comes down to how seriously you take your brand. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you have a choice every time you do anything, right? Um, you can do it a hundred percent and, and give it your all and, and have it be representative of, of how you want to communicate or you can just check the box, you know, and it's, it's a choice. It's that simple. Um, floor stickers for COVID, uh, you know, signage, all these little things uh, have an impact to certain people, not everyone, but to certain people. And so, uh, you know, I, there's not much I can say other than it, it works. When you do it, it works. When you, when you pay attention to the, the little things, you know, anything a guest is going to see is going to communicate to them something about your brand. Yeah. What do you want it to communicate? Love that. Cause, and you know, I read this a while ago in, in a book and it talked about how leadership really is the brand, right? Leadership sets the culture. Leadership is the brand. And so as opposed to, you know, getting so stressed out about like everything, you set up that brand guideline and then you just remain true to that, right? You, you do what the best version of you would do uh, as you set up your, your location, because yeah, Everything communicates every last detail. I, I love that. Absolutely. Um, so, but with this, now we've been talking a lot about inside the four walls. Well, what about, you know, the fact that not everyone can 
have people in their four walls? What about the fact that it's going off premise more often and more often? Um, and these are trends that are just increasing. How do you keep a brand when you can't have that FaceTime? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Um, and it's, it's not the easiest to answer and everyone kind of has a different philosophy. We think it's very important because uh, again, I, I explained earlier how much emphasis and detail and, and expense we put into the in-restaurant experience. Um, we don't want it to be a letdown when someone eats our food and they can't have that gold fork or they can't listen to that music or they can't sit on that furniture. Obviously, you know, eating our food at home is not going to be the same. You know, you're not going to have the people around you. You're not going to have the vibe. But there are little things that we've done and, and we continue to do that kind of create an experience for our guests at home. One is... Uh, well before COVID, we, re we redesigned our, our to-go bags. And it, it sounds kind of menial, but for us, it's very impactful. I've, I've Going back to my agency days, uh, I've always thought people didn't put enough thought into to-go bags. You know, To-go bags are, are walking billboards and they're accessories. In a, in a fashion forward world, your to-go bag is an accessory. And uh, is it going to complement someone's personality and their brand? or is it gonna hinder it? And so we wanted to create a bag that almost felt like it should have Tiffany jewelry or, or something much more expensive than a $12 bowl in it. Um, and so, you know, anyone who's listening or you, Zach, I you can't see it, but uh, we, we created a gorgeous, pretty heavy duty bag. And what we did to launch it was, rather than engaging with food influencers, we did a influencer campaign with fashion influencers. And oh, so you, you have these, yeah, you have these fashion influencers who are kind of showcasing all this new clothing and, you know, seasonal releases. And then there's the Tokaya to, to go bag, which is, you know, uh, for the, for the sake of the campaign, the hottest accessory of the season. And so we've kind of created <laughs> this wave of, of people wanting our bag is what it says about them. And uh, you know, we get tons of people uploading on Instagram our uh, bag rather than even our food. You know, they'll, they'll have the bag, they'll do a little boomerang and it, it's become almost like a, a status piece. And for us from a resharing or social perspective, it's great because their audience is not seeing an unlabeled bowl of food that yeah. has been sitting for 50 minutes in the back of a, a, a car they're actually seeing our best representation of our brand, which is a beautifully polished to-go bag. Um, so that's one. What we've also done is, you know, on the catering side, um, you know, we've really tried to think about the experience and, and how do we, you know, you have multiple people getting together, this is pre-COVID, uh, to enjoy our food. How do we create the restaurant experience there? So one small thing we did is when people would order Tokai catering, uh, we would send them a link to our Spotify playlist and, and kind of give them some directions. And what they could do is they could play Tokai's playlist uh, while, you know, setting up catering, eating the catering order. And it was kind of like being in the restaurant, not exactly, but close. There's little things, if you just really think creatively, there's little things you can do that are inexpensive or altogether free uh, that can differentiate the off-premise experience for your guests. Um, so I, I think it's incredibly important that those are two super interesting ideas. Now, as far as the cost goes of these bags, I mean, how much more, as far as like a percentage wise, were you, are you paying for the nicer bags as opposed to what you had before? 
believe it or not, we're actually paying less, but I think that's more of a statement of us probably grossly overpaying for. Oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think it's, you know, we have two sizes for the bags, a small and a large, and I think it's, you know, 29 cents to, you know, 38 cents or something like that. It's, it's, it's marginal. And, and, uh, you know, I guess the question is, uh, it, it hasn't driven up our, our cogs to a degree that is of concern or I probably wouldn't have been allowed to do it. Yeah. So, well, I, um, I love that idea though. You're like working and just this idea of thinking outside the box on, Hey, you know, you, we know that we can work with food influencers, right? Working with fashion influencers, just, just, I love that. I love that creativity of taking, um, taking what works and taking it to that next level. Right. It's like, Hey, let's, let's think about catering, but then let's give them the experience of the Spotify playlist. Like super cool idea, man. Yeah. What, what, what was cool about the bags as well is, is because they're, you know, for lack of a better term, somewhat heavy duty, they're super high quality. They're reusable and people keep them and reuse them. And, you know, yeah. instance, Keanu Reeves and his uh, girlfriend were photographed with our bag in Germany. No. Um, yeah, so they had they had traveled from LA. They had gotten our food at some point, and literally the bag held up well enough that you know his girlfriend used it as a carry on, and they're photographed with the Tokai bag in Germany. Oh my gosh, that is so cool! <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We've had we've had uh, Haley Bieber and Kendall Jenner photographed with our bag, you know, by paparazzi and stuff like that. Um, so it's you know again when those people are holding your product you want it to be a really, really sound representation of our product, right? So yeah. those, those organic impressions we got from paparazzi snapping those shots uh, is worth the 30 cents of the gorgeous bag uh, any day of the week. Now, just for all of our listeners out there, if you have, you like a, you know, you have a $5 pizza place, right? You know, probably a Tiffany's bag isn't for you. And, and I think that, it's just, it's not a matter of like copying what Matt's doing. It's a matter of thinking about things, how Matt is thinking about it. And I, and I love that, Matt. If you're a $5 pizza place and, and you have a box, what does, what does the box say on the inside when you open it? Right. That yeah. costs, that costs nothing. Um, what does it say? And, and how are you creating a moment for that person when they open the box? So not everything has to, has to cost money. You just got to think creatively about it you know, how you can tell your story and how you can differentiate. Yeah. And how you could speak directly to your customer, because at the end of the day, I was, I was ta talking with uh, Jeremy Andrews yesterday, the founder and CEO of Skull Candy, and now he runs Traeger, really awesome guy. But one of the things that he said is when we started Skull Candy, we were selling headphones to 14 to 25 year old male snowboarders. Right. And he's like that alienated a lot of other people, but guess what? we resonated so much with that group that we grew into this giant company that went public. Um, and so, yes, if you're worried about alienating some people, you will, and you're supposed to, but that's going to attract so much more the customers who are, um, who you are speaking to. Absolutely. So Matt, any, any final piece of advice to our listeners? Um. No, I would, you know, I would just, I would just echo what I've already said, which is um, think creatively about how you represent your product. And, and again, it doesn't have to be expensive, but, you know, always think about how you can tell your story in a, in a fun, creative way and how you can engineer experiences for your guests, whether in restaurant or off premise. 
I love that. Um, okay, so here are my key takeaways. Number one, branding is critical to connect with the aspirational elements of your customer, but secondary to product. Check out the book, the book Purple Cow. Two, EDL, every last detail. Don't just check the boxes because everything communicates. Number three, off-premise doesn't mean that you're a totally separate brand. Still be true to who you are off-premise. Love the ideas of the bag. Love the ideas of Spotify playlist. And then lastly, think creatively, not expensively to tell your story and, and uh, engineer these experiences omni-channel. And as has been said on this podcast over and over again, if you haven't done it, if you did it, it's time to do it again. Relook at every touch point your customer has with your brand and figure out how do I optimize that channel to be uh, most incongruent with the brand and the message. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today on Give an Ovation, for being such an awesome designer, engineer, thought leader in this space. Today's ovation goes to you. How do people find you or follow you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn um, and happy to, you know, communicate, answer any questions or, you know, have a phone conversation. And, and lest you get confused, if they look up Matt Smith and you're one of the 300 million people on there with Matt Smith, look you are specific. Yeah, look up Matt Smith and Madeira Group and you should be able to find me. There we go. Matt, again, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. Take care. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.